0: Every impact leaves its mark. An impression, something that indicates change has been made. Impact 2020 is a call to action, an opportunity to invest in the future, to invest in our facilities, and invest in our friends. A call to be on mission for Christ as we join forces with strategic partners to impact our world with the gospel. And to the Heavenly Father, Thousands of people from Lake Point Church have traveled around the globe to share the gospel in places like Mexico, Ghana, South Africa, Cuba, Egypt, China, and Vietnam. Our teams have also addressed immediate needs through a variety of initiatives, including medical clinics, wheelchair distribution, kids' games, the provision of clean water, and disaster relief. One of our newest partners is in Haiti, Our work there is just one example of the impact that Lake Point teams are having around the world.
1: Haiti is home to over 10 million people, with 58% of the population living below the poverty line and a majority of those making less than $1 per day. In 2010, an earthquake devastated this island country, setting back any efforts made toward development.
2: Uh, in 2010 when the earthquake happened I began to do short-term missions that's how I ended up in Haiti and then knew this is where I belonged
1: Sally began working with Haiti Health Ministries just outside of the capital city of Port-au-Prince the clinic sees about 180 people each day with most patients receiving treatment for diabetes and malnutrition with so many patients the clinic relies heavily on mission partners to provide volunteer and financial resources.
2: We have 50,000 people registered in our clinic and there are five of us. When I came here, I wanted to change healthcare for the better and of course, we're making an impact on that. But what's more essential to keep in mind is what has to happen here for this world to change is true transformation. The, the need is spiritual, it has to come from within, it has to come from the people themselves.
1: Because of the partnership with Lake Point Church, Haiti Health Ministries is able to impact and transform lives in the communities around Port-au-Prince by meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the people of Haiti.
0: Stories like Sally's are repeated throughout the international mission efforts of Lake Point Church. Stories of the hungry being fed, the thirsty given water, and the hopeless finding hope. Your investment in Impact 2020 will allow Lake Point to continue to provide resources to our 21 international partners as we have a greater impact, one life, one community, and one nation at a time.
3: The next four years as we approach the year 2020 it's our desire uh, to unleash the unique talents and the collective influence of the people of Lake Point and at the same time to invest an unprecedented amount of resources in our partners around the world. Uh, we have the privilege today to introduce you to two of those brand new partners. This year we'll be adding a partner in Beijing, China and then one in Haiti that you heard about on the video and then also one in Vietnam. Would you give a Lake Point welcome to our new friends? Uh, this is Robert and Sally Todd, who are now working, uh, are still members of Lake Point. We were Lake Point members before they went there, but uh, are working now in Haiti. And Robert, we heard a lot about the work in the video, but would you tell us how we can pray for you specifically in this new season that's coming?
0: Right, we would... Um really appreciate prayer regarding uh, continued team support for our health fairs. Lake Point has really helped out tremendously in this. They've really stepped up to the plate. Um, That God would raise up uh, health professionals to um, serve at Haiti Health Ministries. We would uh, appreciate prayer regarding the success of the women's leadership training program that's been established. And most importantly, that Christ would be manifested in all our efforts.
3: Okay, and I want to just highlight something here because this is so very important. Uh, Sally is making such a difference there because of her training in health care. Uh, Robert is kind of a throwaway because he just goes there and builds buildings. The trailing and, spouse. Yes, and... Uh, the trailing spouse. Uh, uh, <laughs> all kinds of great things to make everything work. But the, it's a very specific skill set, this health care. And some of you have that skill. And uh, whether you're a nurse or you're uh, uh, you're a... Uh, an assistant to a physician, you're a physician, to think about the possibility not only going on short-term trips, but even more importantly, of investing three, six months, even a year of time can make a world of difference in the lives of oh, yeah. these people. Sally, would you just say a word about what is specifically needed?
2: We need primary health care providers. Uh, if there are any that feel a call to that part of the Caribbean or to that need, it's it's a dire need. You can see that with... 50,000, that interview was six months ago. Our charts are now at 55,000. We need uh, people that can help lift that burden. For those who come on short-term trips, you lift it for that portion of time. You let us impact people that otherwise cannot even enter the clinic. So I would ask you to prayerfully consider it.
3: Great, thank you. And also we have new friends from Vietnam. And this is Tuan and Esther Phan. And tell us a little bit, if you would, Tuan, about the church where you pastor and how you came to be the pastor of that church. Thank you. Ah.
2: We are very grateful to be here and to be able to share with you what God is doing in our
3: nation, Vietnam. Growing up in a Christian home and having a burden for our people, but I never dream of myself to be a pastor until God showed us
2: that church planting is the key for our nation's transformation. And we thank
3: God, by His grace, we started our church, Lighthouse Evangelical Church, in 2010. And up to now, we have three churches, two in Yosemite City and one in a remote area. Right. And Esther, uh, you played such an important role there in this church. Will you tell us how we can pray specifically for your church and these other two churches that you've started in this next season?
2: Thank you for having us today, and uh, we would appreciate if you first pray for us that we can make use of all God's investments to expand His work and uh, plan more churches. And second, please pray that God will raise up more leaders to work with us. And lastly, please pray that as, as we located in very strategic city of Vietnam, which is Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon, we have 10 million population. and. About 50% of them, percent of them would be 5 million young people. So please pray that God will give us a clearer strategy to reach out to young professionals. God bless you. Thank you.
3: Would you express by your applause your commitment to pray for them? Thank you all very much. The past 35 years has been amazing to look at when you consider the efforts and the ingenuity and the passion of god's people here at lake point and what they've accomplished uh, marriages have been restored and families have been strengthened through ministries like re-engage and our counseling center and our children and our student ministry as well as our home point initiative uh, some of you are familiar with home point where we seek to strengthen the family uh, so that they can strengthen their own children and the material that we now produce on a regular basis for HomePoint is being used by 450 churches around the world. And so whenever we produce that here, there are churches that multiply that again and again. In addition to strengthening families and uh, marriages, uh, we've also had the privilege to, as many of you know, to plant 25 churches in spiritually impoverished places, places all around our nation. I shared with our leadership the other night that uh, last Easter we had 30,000 people who joined at one of our Metroplex camp- uh, campuses, that doesn't count our Austin campuses, and at the same time, on the same weekend, we had 30,000 people who gathered at the 25 churches that we've had the privilege to start in the last 12 years. Now, I want you to think about what that means. That means that we have reached the same number of people for Jesus Christ, and the hardest places in our nation places like San Francisco and Las Vegas and Los Angeles in 12 years we've reached the same number of people that it has taken us 35 years to reach in the middle of the Bible belt and so we really believe this is something that God has put his hand on that we want to pour gasoline on that fire and we want to continue to invest and it's our dream to to plant another 12 churches in these next 4 years in addition to that we've been able to work with great churches All around the world and those churches have been resourced and those churches have been encouraged. And as important as it is for us to look back and thank God for what he's done through you, it's important, we believe, to look forward to consider what he might do in the future. Because the greatest accomplishment that God has done through the people of Lake Point have been the thousands of people that you personally know and you care about who have had their daily lives and their eternities changed forever. And there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, who have yet to hear of the message of Jesus Christ, not only around the world in places like Vietnam and places like Haiti, but right here in our own United States. And so the future is very important. And so I'm asking you today to begin with me to imagine how God might use you, how God might use your family, how God might use your church to impact the future. If you have a Bible with you today, I wanna to invite you to turn to our text, which is found in Hebrews the 11th chapter in verse six. In Hebrews 11, verse six, if you don't have a Bible, that scripture is also listed for your convenience on the back of your worship guide. In Hebrews eleven, six, six, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him, speaking of God. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. Now, this particular scripture, Hebrews eleven six, that says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please Him," is right in the middle of Hebrews chapter eleven. And some of you who've walked with the Lord for a while, you're very familiar with that chapter. You know that it's been called the Hall of Faith, not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith, because Listed in that chapter are people who believed in God for great things. And that's why I want us to begin there. It also could be called the Hall of Impact. Because these are people who impacted history. They impacted eternity. And and the theme here is the theme of faith. In fact, I want to just read some of the scripture out of that that you don't have listed there on the back. Just so you can get a sense of what this chapter is all about. In Hebrews uh, eleven seven, 7, it says this. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Noah. And then in the eighth verse of that same chapter, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith Noah, by faith Abraham. And then in verse 24 of that same chapter, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Does anybody but me see a pattern there? By faith, by faith, by faith. These were people who made an impact and they made an impact because of their faith, because of their belief. You see, in the Bible when you see this concept of faith, it's never a mental abstract, it's never a cerebral exercise. And many times when we talk about believing in God, when we talk about having faith, we liken it to a feeling or an assurance. But for them, it was a decision. They chose based on the evidence presented before them, the evidence that they saw in the lives of others, the evidence that they saw in creation, the evidence they saw in the collected scripture that they had at the time. To make a decision, and when they made a decision, something changed. Noah started a, a construction project. Abraham relocated his entire family. Moses changed his allegiances, changed his literal tribe. What does it mean to make an impact? Back in the year 400 AD, Patrick was one of the early Christian missionaries that went to Ireland. And when he got there, he found uh, uh, an ancient symbol of pagans uh, called the Celt- what we now call the Celtic knot. And the Celtic knot is, is basically one continual flow. Uh, there is no beginning, is, there is no end to this uh, particular knot and it expresses itself in three ways. Well, when Patrick saw that, he saw what a wonderful illustration of the Trinity. And so he actually took that ancient symbol and he redeemed it by talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, but three different expressions with no beginning and no end. I want to take that same symbol, that same ancient symbol, and I want it to be our symbol these next three weeks as we consider how you, your family, and your church can have a greater impact for God's glory. And I want to look at the three biblical concepts that I believe make up the foundation for having a great and lasting impact. They are these. First of all, to believe. Second of all, to belong. And third, to bless. We must believe, we must belong, and we must be a people who bless. And so I want us to begin there with that verse today and talk about belief. As we look here in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and we see these people who had great impact. And we're reminded again that they didn't do it by greater effort. They didn't do it by their talent. They did it by putting their faith in God. It began with their belief, and their belief led to a sure and certain Behavior. Uh, Two things that I want you to take home with you today. And the first is that a person who can who makes an impact is a person who, first of all, believes in a God who created everything. Yep, that's right. We're going all the way back to the very basics. You will not have an impact on your world. You will not have an impact in your family. You will not have an impact on your friends or in your neighborhood. And you will not have an impact to your church unless you get back to the basic belief that there is a God who created everything. One of my very favorite scriptures that I refer to a lot comes out of Psalms 139, when David acknowledges the fact that he is created by God. And and for him, it's not a, a concept of God creating the entire world. For him, it is so specific in that God created him. Notice what he says there in Psalms 139. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Don't miss what he says here. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. And what he begins with is he begins with an acknowledgement that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who flung the stars into the sky... And created every living thing, was intimately involved in weaving his very parts together in his mother's womb. Now you think about the impact that that has on you as an individual if you can come to that belief. That everything you have, your hands, your feet, your lungs, your eyes, they all have a source. And that source is your God. When you come to believe that, that will change everything for you. Notice how David continues in the next verse. He says, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it well. The acknowledgement of God as source is quickly followed naturally by gratitude that flows from his heart. You can tell people who understand who their creator is. They are a grateful people and they live grateful lives, and grateful people make great impact, not only in their own family, but far beyond that as the the concentric circles go out. And then in the last part of that same Psalm in verse 23 and 24, David writes these words. He says, search me then, O God, and know my heart Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. It begins with an acknowledgment that God is a source of his being, followed naturally by gratitude to that source. Followed then, as you would imagine, with great trust and faith to say, God inspect me. God coach me. Tell me what's wrong in my life. Continue to improve me. Continue to maximize this creation that you have made. And show me what I'm supposed to do with what you have given me. Is that what is, that what is going on in your life? Is there an acknowledgement of a God who made everything? More specifically, who has created you? And is there a grateful heart? A grateful heart that leads to an invitation to inspect and an invitation to coach. If today you believe that you're nothing more than an organism that have a, has evolved from a single pre, uh, uncreated cell that's unlike any other cell and, and that you just accidentally landed at the top of the food chain and then when you die you're going to become mere fertilizer. If that's your belief then do what the heck you want to do with your own life. Get you a bumper sticker that says, the one when they die has the most toys win. And go ahead and adopt the motto, eat, drink, and sleep with Mary, for tomorrow we all die. If, though, however, you believe that you were created intimately by a loving God, and you owe everything to him, and he alone knows what's best for you and how your life is to live, then rededicate yourself to him today and say, how can I glorify you and make an impact with my life? It begins with a deep belief that there is a God who created everything. It also continues with a belief that there is a Jesus who died for everyone. You know, it's enough to believe that there is a God who created you. There would be enough of a healthy obligation that would be there, just there. But those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that God not only created us, but God repurchased us. He redeemed us from a kind of slavery that was destroying our lives. And so we are doubly in debt to him. In Philippians, the third chapter, Paul writes these words. He says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. Don't miss this. But I press on so that I might lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself of having laid hold of it yet, but one thing, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Did you catch his phrase? I think it's one of the most unique phrases in all of the Bible. Listen, I want to read it again. He said, I press on that I might lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. What's he talking about there? Every year there are sports teams that are trying to get what they call, interestingly enough, an impact player. Isn't there? They're trying to find that one player that will change their season from a losing season to a winning season. And if they get the right impact player, might actually allow them to get their hands on a trophy, that they might lay hold of a trophy. And so they're trying to lay hold of a free agent. They're trying to lay hold of an early draft choice so that they can, he can help them lay hold of that which they're ch- chasing after, a championship. Here's the reality. The reality is that Christ laid hold of us not only to save us, but he laid hold of us so that we could make an impact in this world. We're in the midst of a world series right now and there are a lot of people depending on where you live who are excited about it or not so excited about it the truth of the matter is 500 years from now it will not matter who won the world series this year you know they call it fantasy football friends that's redundant (laughs) football is a fantasy it's not real no lives are lost No eternities are changed. No families are restored. Nobody gets off of addictions because of it. Friends, we have been laid hold of for a real championship. Something that will matter for eternity. And Paul says, I want to look forward, forgetting what's in the past, I want to look forward and I want to lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by the very death of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul says it this way. He says, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it then to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Now, when Paul wrote this, the wreath that he was talking about, he was talking about in those early games that the people would participate in those days, that when they won a race, they would give them an olive crown. It would take an olive branch and they would weave it and they would make a crown. And, and the, those who won those races, who won those competitions, were so proud to put that crown on their head. But Paul reminded them that wherever they took and, and put that crown in a place of honor in their home, that because it was made of just an olive branch, that after a while it would wither and after a while the leaves would fall off and it would die. It was a perishable crown. He said, there are people who exercise self-control and discipline and intent and effort and passion and creativity for a crown that will perish. But we, an imperishable crown. Sometimes if you have time, just take and do a word study in the New Testament on the word crown. There's a lot of scriptures that mention the crown that we're trying to get our hands on. In, in, In Revelations, It talks about in the fourth chapter that there's going to come a day when we will take the crowns that we're going to receive as Christians and we will lay them at the very feet of Jesus Christ. Now, what is that crown made up of? That crown is made up of our life that we have lived since the day we became believers. We are not saved by our works, but we are saved unto good works. And the Bible says in Revelation that our deeds will follow us. And when Paul talks about trying to lay hold of that for which he was laid hold of, he's talking about this crown. This crown that he will lay at the very feet of Jesus Christ. It's our thank you. We could never repay Jesus for what he did for us on the cross. He went through hell for us on the cross. He poured out his blood for us to pay for our sins on the cross. And we could never repay that, but we can thank him. When we live in his power and we're led by his spirit and we seek to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of us, we are a people with a purpose. Later on, Paul will write to the people at Thessalonica. In Thessalonians 2.19, he says, you are my crown. Well, what's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about the people who are now going to heaven who weren't going to heaven because Paul came to Thessalonica, because he shared the good news, because he risked his life. And he said, you know what? When I come and I kneel before Jesus on that judgment day, I'm laying you before his feet. You're my crown. So it's not just the deeds that we've done. There are lives that are changed when we lay hold of that for which he laid hold of us. In the latter part of his life, Paul will write these words in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. And then don't miss this. He says, I have kept the faith. What faith did he keep? What did he believe? He believed there was a God that created everything and he owed everything to him. He believed there was a Jesus who died for everyone and that jesus not only died for him but jesus died so that he could share the good news with others one of these days sally and robert todd are going to stand before that throne that's mentioned there in revelations four ten, and i believe they're going to hear jesus christ say these words he's going to say well done good and faithful servants For I was hungry and you fed me. I was sick and in prison and you visited me. I was naked and you clothed me. I think Sally and Robert are going to be shocked. They're going to say, Lord, when did we see you naked? Or when did we see you hungry? Or when were you sick and in prison and that we visited you? And he's going to say to them, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, you were doing it to me. And I believe with all my heart that Twan and Esther Fawn from Vietnam are going to stand before that very throne one day and they're going to lay a crown in front of the feet of Jesus and that crown is going to be thousands of people who came to know Jesus Christ and communist Vietnam because they sought to lay hold of that for which they were laid hold of. Please understand the spirit which I say this. I can't say anything but what I'm about to say one of these days you will stand there as well and I as well and we will lay something at the feet of Jesus Christ a crown and what you believe today about who you owe for your very existence And what you believe today about our Savior Jesus Christ that he not only came to die for you but he came to die for a lost world will make all the difference in the world on that day. It will determine in fact what you lay at the very feet of Jesus Christ. I believe that God wants us to have an impact in our world today. I believe that he's given us resources. I believe he's given us influence. I believe he's given us time. I believe he's given us talent. You know, on November 14th and 15th, we're taking an offering, but the offering is such a very small part of this. It's like when we gather together for worship, when we gather for an hour for worship, it's so, so much a small, small part of what it means to worship God. To worship God is to live our life for him. We can't put something in an offering envelope and put it on a table and walk away and live as if we believe there was no God. We can't make a pledge to give a small portion of our income and then live as if we don't know that there's a Jesus who died and we have the good news to share. To have an impact, we must begin with what we believe. And if we believe the right things... It will change everything. And we will have an impact. And that impact will continue into eternity. Let's thank God for that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being called your people. But we don't know, dear Father, that by wearing that name, by calling ourselves little Christ or Christians, We must go even as the Savior went. And we must be involved in sacrifice even as the Savior sacrificed. I pray to your Father that you'll speak to every heart, every individual here today. That we would allow that which we say we believe to impact our daily choices of how we spend our time and who we talk to and who we love and who we forgive and who we're patient with. And who we're generous to. Thank you to Father for allowing us to play a small part in a great thing that you are doing. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.